Let's talk about books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Sage Donnell. Hello, Sage. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be here. Great. I'm good. I'm happy to have you here. We have never met before. So that's true. Yeah. This is exciting. (laughs) Um, yeah, so Sage, I really, I wasn't familiar with your work, and um, I started doing a little digging around, and um, I found that you have what is called, I believe it's the Holiday Series. Is that correct? Yes, I do. And and is that a compilation of five novellas? It is. Well, it's four novellas and a short story, really lengthwise okay so for our listeners can you distinguish between uh a short story and a novella so really it's just about length at about fourteen thousand or so uh you move up bump up into a novella and less than that i would say short story so yeah it's really just about length one of them's just nice and short so um and which one is that that's the New Year's resolutions. It's the second second one in the series. Okay. So can you can you tell us about them? And um so the first one is what, Snowfalls? That's right. So the first one is Snowfalls. And this series started when I decided to write a Christmas novella um for last year, last Christmas, Christmas twenty twenty two. No. 2021. Goodness, time flies. Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) it sure does. (laughs) And um, and I was writing the novella and I was deciding how to wrap it up. And I thought that it was just too soon to have a happily ever after for this couple. And so I was trying to decide if I was going to make it longer, if I was going to go back and fill in some, if I'd have it spill over into New Year's, how I wanted to deal with that. And then um, what I decided was that it would be fun to have a series that followed that couple um, through their um through over the course of a year was the original plan, checking in with them at holidays. So... There's the Christmas novella, then there's the New Year short story, then there's um, the Valentine's gift, and where they go away together for a weekend, and the the major crisis. Um, most of my stories are pretty feel good, very low angst. So the major crisis in that one is is Cade trying to decide what she should give. Asia for for Valentine's Day. So very low stakes. And then there's the spring trip, which happens over Easter, where they go away together for a week. And then there's uh, the working summer, where they teach together at a summer camp. They're both teachers. Asia's a professor, a college professor, and Kate is a high school teacher, but they end up both teaching at this camp and their relationship is a bit of a distance relationship they meet while they're both on holiday for christmas um cade is it's in government camp which is an actual small town in oregon um and cade is she her she grew up there so her parents are there and they have a small store and she goes back 
on the holidays to help out at the store all the time. Aisha is there staying with friends for Christmas. Uh, they're renting a place and that's where they meet, but they live a little over an hour apart. So that's part of their, well, we're close enough, I guess. Let's give this a try that mm -hmm. they, um, that they come to, but that's not until New Year's Eve. So, so and originally, originally my plan was to follow them through to the following Christmas, but my publishing situation has changed since I started. And so it just goes through summer. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, this is kind of like we're, we're being kind of led through their courtship. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Okay. The, the two characters and how their relationship develops and, um, yeah, they're just, they're very sweet and, uh, you get to know them better and better as we check back in with them for each, each of those major holidays. Okay. That's great. And, and, you know, I was looking at the publishing dates for those. They're all pretty close together. Um, so did you, did you write those before or did you write them as you went along and, and just publish them? I wrote them as I went along and just published them. Yeah, it was. Um, That's a heavy lift. Some it was. Lots it of was. Writing. It was a lot of writing, but since they're novellas, they did go pretty fast. Um, but yeah, it was. It was early November that I decided to do the Christmas novella, and that one I kind of just cranked out. And then I had planned on the next one being for um, Valentine's Day, but as I started writing it, I realized that we needed. A little bit more instead of a flashback to new year's eve we needed to see them have their new year's eve so okay all right so um where would our listeners find your holiday series so it's on amazon also available through kindle unlimited okay all right and you know um again when i was looking at the publishing dates it looks like you started publishing your work in 19 or yeah 19 <laughs> 20, <laughs> 2021 um so so what really prompted you or who pushed you um if there was someone to consider publishing your work yeah so that would be my daughter is the short answer to that um and she's actually the one who got who um, inspired me to write in the first place. So, how so? Uh, well, when she was 17, she wrote a novel. Um, and then she proceeded to write over the course of the next two years, another two or three. So, um, as I watched her do it and I read her work, I thought, oh, you know, maybe I could do this. It's something that I kind of always thought about, to be honest. Um, my very first book idea came to me, I, um, for the record, I am 51. My very first book idea came to me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I did start that one. And I've had ideas over the years, but I've always felt daunted about actually, you know, doing it. Mm -hmm. And after I watched my daughter do it, though, I was just so inspired that I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to sit down and start writing and see what happens. That's great. And, um, and what happened was moving on, which was my first novel. And, um, and I decided pretty soon that my goal was publishing, um, as opposed to just doing it for fun. And I actually sent that one in, I submitted it uh, to a publisher who did send me editorial feedback 
at that point, I was really stubborn, though. I'd like to think that I've changed a little bit in terms of <laughs> the guidance that I will that I'll, I'm up for accepting. But um, growth is always good. Yes. <laughs> but the and they gave me some general feedback that I think really strengthened my writing as I went through and, and rewrote that, but also as I wrote further books. But their one big thing that they wanted was a little more drama. And I was like, you know, I just don't want to do drama. It's just a slice of life. People find each other and fall in love. Why does there have to be huge drama? Mm. So it turns out that readers really like drama. <laughs> <laughs> they want something to turn the page on. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think that people who have found my book and particularly who are in the mood for something light and fluffy have enjoyed it. And, and I love that, that that's a palate cleanser for people that... Uh, one of my favorite uh, reviewers said something about um, that Sage's books are about happy people becoming happier. <laughs> so don't. <laughs> and and really, yeah, if that's what you're in the mood for, I think they're great for that. So you kind of want to go in knowing that, though. They're a good palate cleanser between really angsty books. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, from what I was reading, it seems like they're definitely what I would call no angst books, right? Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and so that's intentional. That is intentional, particularly in those in those early books that I was just like, I'm I'm going to write people who, you know, they're pretty well adjusted They're They just have found that person that completes their life to go from things are pretty good to now they're great because I found this person. And that was um, yeah, that was my goal for my first several books. I, I would say that my goals have changed a little bit in writing now. Um, How so? Well, um, so I would say that they're becoming more plot uh, driven now oh. that I, I do have a goal of there being plot, but I still like for the drama, for the what keeps you turning pages to come from outside of the romantic relationship, which I know isn't necessarily everybody's thing. But mm -hmm. for example, um, I have a book that's going to be published in September through Bold Strokes Books. I've made a shift from self-publishing to um, now I'm a, I'm publishing through Bold Strokes Books. And, um, and that book, um, it's a YA um, speculative novel so there is heavy romance in it that's definitely a driving force um but also one of our main characters she has she has a power that can be deadly and she has to learn how to control it so that she can pursue this romance like that's the motivating factor for her to um to figure her power out okay so she's a young person just figuring it all out like any other young person would but uh, with uh, different things to figure out. <laughs> right, right. Okay, all right. And and what what made you decide to make that shift? Because, you know, I was, uh, it seems like, right, you were published through Amazon, right, through the self-publishing at Amazon. Right. And, and what, like, how did you decide to, to go that route? So, um I would say that the main motivating factor between deciding to do that is I realized that I'm not very good at self-promotion. <laughs> okay. like, I am not real good at being out on the socials. I mean, I try a little bit. I dabble. I have, I, I do have a presence, but, um, but I'm just not good at being out there and, 
and pushing my books. So, um, so I felt like I could get a wider audience if I went traditionally published and went with, you know, a publisher who has um, a marketing arm that could help get the word out there for the books. So that's, that's the main thing that I'm hoping to accomplish. Also to outsource a few things. Like I said, I feel like as a writer, I've come to the point where I really appreciate um, feedback from an editor to help me craft a book that is going to be the best book that it can be. Yeah. And that is certainly, I, you can hire editors. That's that's mm -hmm. absolutely true if you're a self-publisher and a lot of people do. But, um, but that whole package of marketing and somebody to create my book, the book covers and to work with an editor, that's all something that, um, that I decided that would be worth it to make the change for me. Yeah, I mean, I mean a publisher, like a publishing house, that's what they do. They have all of those departments, right? And um, it does take a load off your plate and then like free you up to just write and do what you do. Exactly. Outsourcing some of that stuff that I don't like as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, editing is a bear, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that, and, and um, you said you were going with bold strokes, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And they have some great editors on staff, really great, um, who are, for the most part, kind and gentle in their approach. <laughs> um, which that is, nice. is so far my experience. I'm not real far into the editing yet since my book doesn't come out. And my first book with them, I actually have two set to be released um, with them. But my first one comes out in September. So we're not hot and heavy into the series editing yet. Although for my second book, they did request a, a rewrite, which was pretty substantial, but they didn't work. I worked some with my editor on that. Um, but yeah, the, um, you know, Jenny's, she's been great. She's been um, very, I, I love her approach so far. So I hope that that continues on. I'm, I'm sure it will. Nice. Nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's a very sweet person. Um, so the uh, young adult speculative, speculative fiction novel that's coming out in September, can you tell us the title of that? Do you have a title yet? Yeah, um, so the title of that is Proximity, and it's actually uh, being released under my YA pen name, which is Jordan Meadows. Jordan so Meadows, okay. Yeah, and I have another YA under Jordan Meadows that um, that I self-published. So th that's a pen name that pre-existed um, the move to Bold Strokes. And we discussed just sticking with Sage Donnell for all of my books with them, but mm -hmm. ended up deciding on keeping a YA and an adult uh, author. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of authors do that. They'll have different pen names for different genres and you know, it, it works. Um because people will remember you for that, you know, specific type of book that you're writing, right? Um, right, and they know what they're expecting when they pick up a title by that that author and it's not, you know, necessarily going to be the same if um yeah, if you have the same name, the same author name for all of your books. Yeah, so. if, if you know, Sage writes, you know, adult romances, that's very different than 
um, you know, Jordan's speculative young adult fiction. Um, right. So you know what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's good branding, you know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, Sage or Jordan, um, who are some of your favorite authors? Oh, I have so many favorite authors. Um, I read a wide variety of books, so I have favorite authors in a lot of genres. But some of my, in the sapphic world, I would say that some of my top favorites, and this is not going to be a complete list because, again, I read just a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Melissa Braden, E.G. Noyes, Lee Winter, Georgia Beers, Rosalind Sinclair, Bryce Oakley and Rachel Spangler. Oh, and of course, Radcliffe. So, yeah. Yeah, you that's... better say her. She's the <laughs> <Right>. boss now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but truly, Radcliffe, um, my very, the very first sapphic, um, well, the very first lesbian romance book that I read. Well, that's not entirely true because I had read Ash before, Um by Melinda Lowe. She's the author of Ash, right? I think. I'm um, not but, familiar with that. Okay. That is a YA um, Cinderella retelling. But um, I picked up, I remember this specifically because it was an NPR article that led me to Radcliffe and it was in 2015 and I read her Faded Love. Oh, yeah. Book, and I was like, oh my God. I love this. And then from there found just a whole world of books that I didn't even know existed before then and um, and just started devouring them. And then clearly when I did finally decide to try my hand at writing, that's where I went. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, Faded Love is a great book. Really. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites of, of Rad's. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So you, you have some, some good authors on your list. Um, so have you met any of those authors? I haven't. I haven't met anybody yet. Okay. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, as as I go down this publishing road that I'll I'll get the opportunity to meet some of these some of these authors I really admire, particularly the ones on the Bold Strokes team. So Yeah, I would think that would be like a you know, a really cool uh encounter like if you you know look up to someone love their work and then you get to meet them and and actually have a conversation with them um you know that's that's really cool yeah yeah i it has <laughs> i mean one of those things that, that i i think would be awesome if it happened and and it could but you know there's no there's no set plan for it yet but i actually wrote melissa braden a fan mail one time and then Aww. to like sit on a panel with her sometime would be like you know, yeah. just excellent. Yeah. Should that occur. <laughs> oh my God. That's great. That is really cool. Does she know that? Have you told her that? We, we haven't. No. Okay. No. All right. All right. <laughs> Not yet. Well, hopefully she listens to this and hears that and uh, right. <laughs> reaches out to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> so um, you mentioned Faded Love. Um, do you have other favorite books? I do. Yeah, I would say, well, again, like I said, I wrote Melissa Braden fan mail. So I definitely would have to say some of hers. I think of hers waiting in the wings probably holds the most special place in my heart because it was the first one of hers that I read. Oh, mm -hmm. 
That's so cool. And then I just, I mean, I really love the brutal truth. Um, I might mangle the pronunciation of this, but the one with the horse that Eugene always wrote recently, Padedu. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm... Not being a French speaker, but um, yeah, was excellent. Loved it very much. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, Above All Things and Truth and Measure um, by Rosalind Sinclair. Those, they're not short, and I tore through the two of them back to back in a period of four days. Really? So didn't put them down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was aided by the fact that I spent um, seven hours in an ER waiting room with a friend who is okay, turned out to be okay, best possible outcome could be for that waiting room visit. But um, yeah, I was there for seven hours. So I had a lot of reading time. So that helped. But oh, yeah. yeah, very good book. I was really glad I had <laughs> something excellent to read that day. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's a long time. And and those are those are brutal. Like those waiting rooms are just really they just right. kind of suck the life out of you. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah. So it was nice to have a little spark of um of brightness there. Yeah, yeah. and you know, <laughs> you, you can always tell like a, a good book like the by uh, for me anyway by the speed at which I read it. You know, if I drag my feet, I know that I'm just kind of slow to get into it. You know, yeah. um, but if I you know just kind of buzz through it, like I know that it it's a good one. Exactly. Exactly. I actually have I I have a robust do not did not finish rule for myself. And that's if I find myself kind of reluctant to pick up my book and looking for something else to do, yeah. even if I think it's an, a pretty, you know, that it's OK. I just I, I'm like, no, I want to enjoy my reading. I'm going to move on to the next one, which and as an author, I encourage people to do that with my books, too. If you like them, great. And if they're not working for you, feel free to put them aside. <laughs> That's really nice that you give yourself permission to do that. Um, I have not been able to do that. I feel like I've made a commitment. I got to read this. I got to get through it to the end, you know. Um, I, I completely understand that. And I've been there with reading before. But yeah, these days, and that was actually one of my... Uh, I. I prior to New Year's, I was already pretty good about it. But my New Year's resolution was, listen, if you're just like, this is only okay, put it aside. There are so many books out there. There are, you know, plenty of other ones that are going to be a better fit, clearly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. I have to, I, I have to get to that place. Uh, I want to get to that place. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, spend my time like I want to. So mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned that you are now getting to be more plot driven. Um, do you think you were more character driven in your earlier works? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that that's accurate. I think it's also, I think in my earlier works, truly, it was a, a slice of life thing that there was a little bit of character development, but mostly it's it's somebody finding somebody to fall in love with and fall, and then getting to the point where they're committing. And that's what those books are. And they're not, and they don't have a lot of obstacles in their way to it. Um, and, and that, and again, I think that was fine. I think that was okay for those books. Um, and and I'm glad that they're out there for people to read. But now I am focusing more on 
still character. I'm still very character forward, I think, but that there is definitely a plot that's keeping you turning that page to find out what's going to happen is my goal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you find that you're using more of that? Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I'm, I think I'm using the right terminology, like the romance arc of a book. Yeah. See, that's still something that I, uh, some books, but more, um, I, so that romance arc has that they find each other, they have their meet cute, they start to develop a relationship of some sort, you know, there's all sorts of ones, the enemies to lovers and yep. whatever, all the different tropes, but in some way they're developing a relationship and usually, you know, they're together at some point and then something breaks them up yep. and then they come back together and I... I read tons of books that have that breakup, of course, because I read, <laughs> I read lots of, of romance, but, mm -hmm. um, but for writing it, I get to that point and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this unless it makes sense for the characters to do it. And I think that a lot of authors are really good at crafting that, yeah. but I have a tendency to, um, I don't know. I write characters who are making the choice to jump into this relationship. And then once they're there, I have a hard time tearing them apart. So I, so I would say instead of going down that, um, that typical romance arc path, what I'm working on and, and, and we'll see how these all go, but is with those YA books is um, yeah, more outside things that are happening that they're developing a relationship and the obstacles come from you know in the case of proximity it comes from the one having a power that could literally kill um if it's not controlled and um and then so right now i am working on a project that I don't know if anything's going to come of it. This one isn't set for publication or anything, but I'm, and I'm just playing around with it now to see if I can make it work before I, um, before I even submit because mm -hmm. I'm, because it's so new to me, but it's, um, but it's an action book. And so the, the plot is coming from, um, you know, the, the action side of things rather than that romantic arc. So in this one, there's um there's a person a yeah a 22 year old who's under secret service protection and they're her and her secret service off, um agent are on vacation together when suddenly they're attacked and they have to run for their lives so it's you know, working through that and then um, getting safe and then, you know, deciding if that's a line that they can cross because there's that attraction there. But, you know, that's the barrier for them is that, you know, you're not supposed to have a relationship with your protector or protectee. Yeah, usually not. But <laughs> right. Rat, rat did it, right? Right. They're there. Right. Exactly. Classic example. She so a whole series about it. That's right. A really good series. One yeah. of my favorites. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, good luck with that. That sounds interesting. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you have to let me know when, uh, when you get that, you know, sent in and uh, accepted. All right. I'll, I'll definitely pass that on. All right. I'll be on the lookout for that. Okay. So, um, you know, when you, when you develop your characters, do you sit down and, and fully develop them like before you even start writing or do you think, like for you, has that 
been like a parallel process where you're writing, you know, going through the plot and and developing the characters at the same time? For me, I tend to develop the characters as I go. Um, that is something with um, that is something with writing proposals. Now that I'm working with bold strokes, that I'm coming to terms with <laughs> coming to terms with how much I can project what their character arcs are going to be, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and how far into it I need to be before I can submit those proposals. Um, so that's definitely still a tension that I'm working out. But uh, yeah, traditionally until this point, what I have done is I will have an idea in my mind of who the characters are and what situation they're in, and then I'll sit down and start writing. Um, so yeah, pretty much I'm a pantser, um, would be the <laughs> mm -hmm. fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah. But, um, but I say, I would say within that I use, um, what I've seen referred to as the flashlight method. So I, I get as far as I can see by the beam of my little light. And then I shine my flashlight around to decide what's going to happen next. And then I pursue that path. I don't tend to, once I'm going down a path to change it too often. Although I have gone down the path and then been like, this is not working at all. And going back to that last junction and trying again, finding a new flashlight beam. Yeah, like, <laughs> How did I get here? Right. This yeah. makes no sense. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, in uh, you had three, is it three complete novels that you published also. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah. So it was Moving On. That was your first one that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then um, Puppy Love. Puppy Love was the second one. Yeah. Okay. And then the third one was uh, Diving In. Diving in exactly, okay. yeah. So, um, it looks like puppy love and moving on. Like you published those at the same time. Did you write <laughs> those at the same time, or like had I, you written moving on and then, you know, published it when you finished puppy love? Yeah, it was the latter. So, um, yeah, when I after I wrote moving on, um. Like I said earlier, I did submit it for potential publication and got editorial feedback, which was very flattering because it was my ever my first ever submittal. And, you know, a lot of times you just get a no. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and that was very useful. And then when I didn't want to make the main changes, I thought, all right, I'm just going to write something else. And then maybe this one will be more publishable. Um, so then I wrote Puppy Love and um, and then um, I talked to my a very good friend's brother had done self-publishing with Amazon okay. and um, and I uh, got some advice from him and what he said was um that you should have a bunch of books that you've written at least three so that you can publish them and then how you promote them is that you put one up for free and then people will want to go find the others so i was going with that advice when i decided oh, okay well if I don't get published, I'll self-publish and that's what I'm going to do. So I was trying to accumulate three books before 
wow. <laughs> under my belt before I started publishing. I see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. So I actually sat on moving on for a while. And then what happened was, um, was my daughter published one of hers on Amazon and a few people read it. And at that point, I was feeling like, I don't know that these are going to be published. I think that they're fun. I, but I just don't know that I'm going to find a publisher. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. And then maybe I'm just writing for friends and family and that's okay. I, you know, I have a few people that read my books from the very beginning and then my beta readers and then, um, and then my daughter published one of hers and got some readers. And I thought, oh, well, that's fun, even if I only got a couple of readers. So I published Moving On on a random Wednesday, just kind of on a spur of the moment decision making, um, created the title for it, published it, uh, came back the next day and saw that, I don't know, a fair number of people had read it. It wasn't huge, but I would say... Um, maybe 20 had read it or more than that had picked it up and read part of it. And I thought, wow, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> that is, that's great. Yeah. And so then, um, so then I thought, okay, well, I'll just go ahead and get puppy love out there and then I'll at least have the two that I can go between. So I jumped in to the whole thing really kind of backward. I didn't even have a social media presence. Um, I wasn't big into social media to, you know, do any marketing that way. Mm -hmm. And it was after that, that I created a Twitter account that I found places where I could even market through, um, you know, like iHeart, Lesfic and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a real steep learning curve with publishing those two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like you did okay, though. Um, yeah, it worked out. I mean, I, I I'm not one of those. I'm not one of the big names in self publishing for sure. But you know, I have people that read my stuff, and that's fun. I I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, that is great. That's fantastic. That's good. Good for you. So um, so in in writing any of your books, um, novellas included, um, do you have a scene that you would consider your most difficult scene to write? Yeah, um, I do. I think, I think that my most difficult scene to write was in um, Not Just Friends, which isn't out yet. That's one of the ones that um, is going to be released through Bold Strokes Books, but not until January 2024. So we're a year out from that. Wow. Okay. It's yeah. Called not <laughs> Just Friends, huh? Right, not just friends, okay. which is also um, is also a YA novel that's um, coming out for through Jordan Meadows and in early on in that book. So this isn't really a spoiler, but early on in that book, there's a death, and um, and then the main character Jen is her name goes through a grieving process, and that was really hard to write. Like it was just really hard to be in those emotions like marinating in them for so long to write her grief <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> was, uh, that was a struggle yeah that is hard that is very hard i can i can relate to that um it's not something you want to stay in you know <laughs> right <laughs> so um and do you along the same lines do you have a favorite scene that one's actually harder because I have so many scenes that I've loved writing um, that are just fun. So um, 
I'd say almost any scene where there's something funny happening or where the characters have good banter and flirting going is really fun. Mm -hmm. Writing that I love you moment um, between characters for the first time is a, is a joy. Um, but I, I, I can pull one out that I um, particularly enjoyed writing. And that was in my very first book, Moving On. There's a teenager in the book who's... Um, largely based on my daughter and <laughs> does um, she know that she does okay. yeah <laughs> and there's a scene where they're staying um the mom and daughter staying in the hotel room with two of the daughter's track teammates they're a didn't know way meet and the mom's one of the one of the uh chaperones and the two of them can't sleep and so in the middle of the night they sneak out of their room and go down to the hotel lobby and play cards and um and that's that's based on a true story although um in in our case for my daughter and i it was actually um my mom her grandmother who was in the room sleeping and we snuck out and went down to the lobby and played card games for a while because we couldn't sleep so wow. that's fun <laughs> That's fun when you can take something, you know, from your own reality uh, and work it into a book. You know, yeah. It's like yeah. Your, your little secret. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sage, you're you're writing a lot these days. Is this like a full time gig for you now or do you have another career going? Um, how it is that? Yeah, it um so it actually is my um my full-time thing right now. Um but I don't actually make enough money off of it to live on and I so I just have to you know be upfront about that is that I I'm lucky to be in a situation where I'm able to explore this a little bit and see if I can make it work. Mm -hmm. So um, I used to be a stay-at-home mom for my daughter, and then also because I was staying at home, and she and we had decided to homeschool her. She, um, we had the capacity to also do some foster care and host some exchange students, and so that's what I did for a number of years. And now that we're empty nesters, I'm um, I have some space to uh, to try this. So that's that's what I'm doing. Good for you. Great. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of people who would love to be in that situation, you know? I know. I feel very lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for you. So um, let's see where your, your, your novellas, the holiday series, Moving On, Puppy Love can all be um, purchased through Amazon, correct? That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. And then you have uh, a new young adult speculative speculative uh work coming out under the pen name jordan meadows um in september through bold strokes yes um, and that's available for pre-order now if you're excited and want to go check it out <laughs> awesome all right pre-order guys um <laughs> so um sage aka jordan um do you have any parting words for our listeners um, I, yeah, I would just say I am such a huge fan of books. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast, you are too. So we just have that um, in common. And there are books that have changed me, you know, as a person or just brought me great joy. And 
I hope that you guys all find books like that too. And I would be honored if one of them was mine. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's so great. And you're right. Books, books can change you, you know, um, they definitely can. Uh, so keep reading people. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sage, thank you so much for being on the show again, listeners. Uh, this is Sage Donnell. Um, AKA Jordan Meadows. Um, so check out uh, Sage's uh, or Jordan's books. Um, I think you won't be disappointed. Um, <laughs> and that's all the time we have for today. And I'm Anita Kelly. Thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. Until next time, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe, folks.